Welcome to Make It Simple, where we take complicated issues and, with the help of an expert, break them down into ideas we can understand, truths we can apply, and questions worth pondering. I'm Matt Popovitz, and with me is my friend and co-host, Rachel Ryder. Rachel, what is our topic today, and who is our expert? So today we have John Collins with us, and if you're familiar with John Collins, he's uh, part of a team that work at the Bible Project, and we're going to be talking about wisdom and understanding yeah, the, the Bible Project, if you don't know about it, you really should. Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, if you're interested in, in knowledge about the Bible or just biblical themes and ideas, I don't know that there's anybody out there better in the world of YouTube, social media, the, the, mm-hmm. the digital world, doing a better job of, of teaching the Bible. Like, the Bible Project is amazing. It, it, yeah. it really, really is incredible. And I'm I'm humbled and excited that that John, who is a key part of everything at the yeah. Bible Project, if you watch their videos, you hear his voice on just about all of them, mm-hmm. uh, that he's willing to sit down with us today and, and help us wrestle with the scriptures, and in particular, to take a look at what, what we are wrestling with when we wrestle with wisdom and understanding in mm-hmm. the Bible. And if that doesn't make sense to you, just, just hold on, like stay tuned. It, it will. It's it's going to be a really good episode, I promise. Uh, Rachel, yeah. what are you looking forward to uh, in this conversation with John Collins? So I'm I'm looking forward to on like going the going on the journey of looking in Scripture for something and um, yeah. using Scripture to inform what I know about this particular topic, wisdom and understanding, mm-hmm. um, and and to do that with somebody who knows what he's talking, somebody trustworthy. So I'm just excited to like go on this journey today. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, kind of fair warning to our audience, this episode, I think is going to have a bit of a different feel than, than previous episodes where, where it's, you know, usually it's, it's us interviewing the expert asking all of our questions about the topic, but you know, John is the Bible project and the Mm -hmm. Bible project teaches the scriptures. And so what we're going to try and let John do is, is teach us, maybe take us on a little bit of a, you know, 30, 40 minute Bible study where, Mm -hmm. where what we're going to look at is this notion of wisdom and growing in understanding that you see throughout the scriptures. So, so John's going to teach us about that. He's going to demonstrate for us what it means to wrestle with a particular subject in and through the scriptures. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Like you said, it's. I think it's going to be a little different than what we normally do, but I, I love it. I love different. Let's do it. Yeah, let's dive in. This yeah. is our conversation, really, our, our study of wisdom and understanding in the Christian scriptures with John Collins of The Bible Project. John, thank you so much for being with us today. We are so excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be yeah. here. So I'm a big fan of the work you yeah. do with Tim over at the Bible Project. But for our listeners, can you tell us just to give us an idea of like what that work and what you do? Yeah. So um, my background is in making animated explainer videos that turn complicated ideas and e- to be easy to understand, easier. Um, and uh, and I started working with Tim, uh, my colleague at Bible Project, to use that medium to try to understand the Bible. What, what type of literature is the Bible? How does it work? And um, how do we better understand it? Mm-hmm. And um, so we just started making those videos and we did it in a crowdfunded manner so that if we had enough money from the crowd, we'd make another video and people were super generous and it turned into a whole organization. And we make, we have a podcast, we have videos, we film seminary level, graduate level classes, 
Um, we have an app now. So we're doing a lot of different things, but it's all around seeing the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. What type of literature is this, this book and how does it uh, reveal Jesus to us? Great. John, why do you think these, these videos that you guys have made have resonated so, so well with people? Is it the visual aspect combined with, with just the great insight that you guys give? Why, why has this taken off? Yeah. Well, so I'm a big fan of animation to explain things. And I think that it's a very elegant solution to um, taking complicated ideas, ideas that are just hard. Like it would take an hour of conversation or hours and just like a lot of just weeding through the nuance of things. For some reason, being able to see something on screen, Mm -hmm. move around while it's being explained to you, um, the visuals matched with the ideas, it just, it just allows someone to understand something way more quickly. Um, and so it's an effective medium. Uh, and then the Bible is a very sophisticated book with a lot of sophisticated ideas and it's easy to oversimplify it. And, um, and it's easy to get frustrated and feel like, man, I can't wade through all of this. So I think it's a really good tool to like, make it more approachable. Um, and so I think that's the main thing. I think also people just really appreciate that we're doing biblical theology and not systematic theology, meaning we're looking at big motifs and themes, the big ideas and how those weave through the whole story of the Bible and lead to Jesus. And we're not getting hung up as much on the systematic differences between different theological positions. Um, and, uh, and so there's been kind of this unifying nature to the work where most traditions can rally around and be like, yeah, isn't the Bible cool? Look at these cool things it's saying. We all agree on these things. So, yeah. yeah. Has people's hunger for biblical knowledge surprised you guys as you've done this? Because there are those who would say, you know, that that the, the world cares less about the, the truth, the scripture, or the Bible in general. And yet you have like 3 million plus subscribers on YouTube who are you know, eating up all the stuff that you guys are putting out. And then you have these other platforms in which you're teaching. Uh, are you surprised by just the appetite for what it is that, that you guys put out? Uh, that, that's an interesting question. I don't think I am surprised. I mean, I am surprised at the success we've had. I thought this would just be a side project. Uh, we would just do this slowly over time as money came in. But I, I grew up in a faith tradition that had that taught a hunger for the Bible, um, and uh, so I've been around people who that's just been there. You know, it's been deep in them. Like I want to understand the Bible. Um, it, it'll bring life for me. Um, and, and that connects to something that's just central to the human experience, which is mm-hmm. we, we desire to understand the world and understand who we are, understand how we fit in all of this. And so there's this constant quest of like, why does this matter? Help me understand. And, um, and so in our culture, um, maybe increasingly less so arguably, but there's a, a um, most people, when they think, where am I going to find that? They kind of assume they're going to find that in the Bible. Um, so I think for those reasons, um, it makes sense. Um, and as much as, as much as people are giving up on faith or giving up on the Bible, there's still that deep hunger mm-hmm. underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. 
So um, when we asked you to come on today and, you know, ask if there's anything in particular you'd like to talk about, you immediately said wisdom and understanding. Yeah. So let's dive into it. Like, I want to ask, first of all, like, why? What is it that, why did that come to your mind? Yeah, well, I've just been fascinated with um, how the Bible talks about wisdom and, and understanding and kind of blown away by a few passages I, I it would be fun for us to look at if we had yeah. time to get all through all of it and just how kind of they pop together. Um, but um, it also just ties back to what we're doing at Bible Project, which is um, we, uh, we're really interested in how does the Bible work like as literature? Um, and, and one of the ways we've been trying to explain that is that the Bible is wisdom literature. The whole, the whole Bible um, is meant to give us wisdom. Um, and the way that it does that is another term we use is the Bible is meditation literature, um, that it's meant for us to uh, read slowly over time, over a lifetime. Psalm 1 says, you know, blessed is the one who meditates on the word day and night. Um, and that's, it's not the meditation of like empty your mind, kind of like, Right. Uh, become one with the universe kind of meditation. Um, it's the medit- um, It's the Hebrew word haga, which means to like chew on something. Um, it's the sound you make when you chew on something. And it's, so it's this like, it's actually taking one thing and letting that thing just permeate you slowly over time. Um, and so that's what the Bible is meant to do. Um, so it's meditation literature, it's wisdom literature, and it's, Ju- it's Jewish literature. It's Jewish meditation literature. Um, and it's, um, and so w- when you start to understand how the Bible works as literature, um, it, it, for me, it's been very freeing and, and very exciting. Um, and, uh, I realized I had come to the Bible with some categories of what type of literature it was that, mm-hmm. that wasn't helpful. Um, and so what I thought we could do is we could just, instead of me trying to explain what meditation literature is and how it brings wisdom, we could just try to do it and do it around the theme of wisdom and understanding. Um, Yeah. That sounds great. Cool. Let's let's do it. Take us away, John. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think one place to start maybe is in what we typically call the wisdom literature part of the Bible. Um, And one of the main books there is Proverbs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's this, uh, there's a, there's a number of speeches at the beginning of Proverbs um, and the second chapter is one of those. Um, and so in Proverbs 2, it's uh, Solomon talking to his son um, about how to be a wise person. And he says, my son, if you accept my words, store up my commands within you, turn your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding, call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding, look for it like silver, search for it like hidden treasure. You will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Hmm. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success. And like I said, this is what, like, we all crave for this, right? We all crave Mm -hmm. for, like, help me understand the world. Give me success. Mm -hmm. Um, And so so in here are all these wisdom words, wisdom, understanding, knowledge of God, fear of the Lord is kind of like, they're not exactly synonyms, but they're they're a collection of words that all together um, 
are all getting at the same idea, which is how, how do we live as like good, whole, effective, beautiful humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I want to, I want to center in on maybe two of these words, but they're all, they're all be important, but um, the word wisdom mm-hmm. um, understanding well, knowledge of God, knowledge of God in the Hebrew Bible, knowing God isn't just like um, a cerebral knowledge. Like I know a list of things. It's a very intimate, when you yeah. know someone, you have this intimate relationship with them. Yeah. Adam knew Eve and what it was, yeah. they created life out of that. So it's connected to that very intimate kind of thing. Um, wisdom in the Hebrew is hokmah, and mm-hmm. it's a very applied um, type of understanding um, it's what a, an artisan has or a craftsman. It's the ab- ability to take what you know and, uh, and then shape the world around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and understanding, uh, actually, if we just read a little bit further down in verse nine, Proverbs two, verses nine, he says, you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. Um, the word understanding is a cool Hebrew word. Um, the root of it is, um, the word between um, in Hebrew, it's been uh, between. So you kind of get this sense of if you're at a path and there's a, there's a left and a right, which way should you go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, which way is good? Which way is bad? Which way gives life? Which way gives death? So you're between two things. And um, to, so to be able to know between that's understanding. To discern okay. between two things is to be nah or being. Um, and we know, you know, Jesus says uh, famously that the path that leads to death is broad mm-hmm. and the path that leads to life is very narrow. That mm-hmm. as humans, we're really bad at choosing between good and bad. Like <laughs> <Right>. this is <laughs> a fatal flaw that we have. Um, and so the psalmist in, um, Psalm 119, I love this line in Psalm 119. Um, it's, I'm looking at my notes, 144. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, give me understanding so that I might yep. live. Mm-hmm. Give me, I love that line. Give me understanding so that I might live. And that's not, again, it's not like a head knowledge. It's the ability to discern between good and bad and how, and how important that is and how hard that is. If you just think about like a relationship that you have that's really sticky um, and should you confront that person? Should you forgive that person? Should you create boundaries around that person? Like, how do you know what's the good thing to do? Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to screw these kind of things up. And it's so good to think we're doing good and we're actually doing bad. Um, or, uh, you know, just to confuse ourselves. So mm-hmm. can I double click um, on that yeah. real quick to make sure totally. that I'm following? So when I, you know, thinking about this wisdom and understanding, I wondered if it's like a character trait or in the head, but a lot of what you're saying, especially with understanding has to do with the action, like the way we live our lives. Um, And I guess I'm just trying to think through like the, I've thought of wisdom as, um, you know, a a wise, you know, a wise person or they, but it really seems to have to do a lot with the choices that we make, or am I oversimplifying that? Yeah, it's very connected to how we actually live out in the world, especially the mm-hmm. wisdom word, hokmah, because that word is applied most often to like craftsmen, 
the okay. um, first person who was given the spirit of wisdom in the Bible was uh, what's his name? It's a really interesting name. Um, he's the guy who was who was commissioned to build the tabernacle, and he was given mm-hmm. the spirit of wisdom so that he could like design all the beautiful things in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this like ability. You know good from bad. You know how the fabric of the universe works. You understand yourself and relationships, and now you can like carve out a beautiful life. Okay. And it's that, and it's that actual act of carving out that life. That's wisdom, wow. in, in, okay. in Hebrew, um, yeah. and being able to discern between things. Like an artisan can discern, like this rock. If I start chiseling this rock, it's going to crumble. Um, but this rock over here, ooh, I can make something beautiful. That so to discern between the rocks, that's understanding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's interesting that I, you know I found that, and, and I've perhaps been guilty of this at times. Is you know, as a Bible teacher myself, of of taking you know references to wisdom and understanding, in particular in the Old Testament, and really just boiling it down to understanding and discerning the person of Jesus. And, you know, and certainly you know the the, the Old Testament points ultimately is a giant arrow that points to, to to Christ. But what you're describing in in your understanding of of the wisdom literature that is the Bible, that it is it it it, it is a, a much bigger concept than simply saying, well, to be wise is to know Jesus, end of story. To know that you're a sinner in need of salvation, saved by grace through through, through the work of the cross. Not to minimize that, but but right. what you're talking about when you talk about wisdom is something something bigger and broader than that, right? Well, yeah, that's that's a really fascinating observation because it is, but then at the same time, um, it all comes back down to right. uh, our relationship with with God mm-hmm. through Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and so that's I think where um, where we'll go is we'll see how this kind of comes full circle. But the point isn't just to have my own little secret relationship that's going to help me um, go to heaven mm-hmm. when I die, or just kind of right. so that I whatever. Like yeah. it's the point of it is so that I can become fully human and that I can create a beautiful life and beautiful communities or how the Bible opens is saying that humans were made in the image of God to rule. Mm -hmm. And so let's go there. Let's go Genesis one. Let's do it. Genesis one, God, he orders the universe. He makes things that are good over and over he like orders things and it's good, orders good. And then on the sixth day, the last day that he's going to work, he creates humans and he calls the humans his image, male and female. And he says that he wants the humans to multiply, subdue the earth and rule. And this is so central to the biblical story and, and central to your question. Like, what do we, what's the purpose of understanding and wisdom? The purpose is we're supposed to be reflecting God his character and we're supposed to be creating with him as his image mm-hmm. and um and the purpose of that is not just to hang out and just kind of wait to go to heaven one day the purpose of that is to rule the world mm-hmm. um on his behalf and um and then the biblical stories about how heaven and earth come together mm-hmm. um and um and that's really significant because if you would think it all it all makes sense, right? If I'm going to rule on God's behalf, I need wisdom and understanding. And so then the question becomes, like, how do I get that wisdom? How do I get that mm-hmm. understanding? And how do I rule well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and then that gets us into the story of Adam and Eve, and um, mm-hmm. and that idea just continues to click along. Wow. So, so John, you know, in, in as you as you teach on this, you know, one of the questions that comes to my mind is, you know, what's sticking out to me is when, when you said, you know, the, we need to th- remember that the whole of Scripture is wisdom literature, mm-hmm. um, and what you're talking about is that, you know, what what Proverbs tells us, and and that what Genesis also reveals to us is that part of our part of our existence, um, or the, the, really the kind of the meaning of life as human beings, is to is to is to uh, step into wisdom so that we can understand what it means to reflect God's image and rule mm-hmm. rightly as His yeah. emissaries in this world, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, so with that in mind, then are there are there particular maybe helpful questions that someone who is reading the whole of Scripture, who is studying it, um, who wants to keep the pursuit of wisdom in mind as we read <laughs> the whole thing, not just yeah. Proverbs, right? Right. Uh, who who wants to keep this? I want to grow into what it means to be an image bearer and to rightly rule and to be able to 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 keenly and faithfully discern. Uh, are, are there questions that a person who wants to keep that front of mind should be asking as they read any particular book of the Bible, not just the the three that are commonly thought of as wisdom books? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think I understand. Your, I think I understand your question. Um, <laughs> What what should we be asking of the Bible? I, mm-hmm. I think, and what's interesting about that question is what I've often done over the years is I've taken my questions, my very modern, specific questions, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I've said, hey, Bible, can you answer these questions for me? Um, or the questions become very specific to my spiritual tradition. And I'm like, hey, Bible, can you tell me this very nuanced thing about the nature of God and how salvation works or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm coming with my questions. And I think what, what meditation wisdom literature is about is saying, um, uh, I want to come to the Bible on its own terms and I want to understand the questions it's asking. And mm-hmm. I want to be interested in the questions it's interested in. Okay. So I think we just started doing it right away is like, now that we've seen, okay, um, we've been called for wisdom and understanding we, because we are meant to be God's image, what kind of questions come to mind? And what what is the Bible asking us to consider? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you tell me, like, what, when when you think about that, like, what are some of the questions just pop immediately when you think about being God's image and finding wisdom? I would say what it means to to love, um, mm. like that, like that's a that's a question that comes to me as I wrestle with the scriptures, and I I wonder what is the Bible asking of me? Like, what does it mean yeah. to love? Well, yeah. um, uh, that's that's a question that's front of mind for me. Rachel, what about you? What comes to mind for you? I guess I think um, so. This the journey we're on so far um, leads me to believe a person can learn wisdom. Then, mm. just mm. you are or you are not. So, how do I? I know the verse, you know, the, the fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom. I've heard this yeah. and I, I got to tell you, like, I couldn't explain that to my kids. I don't mm. know what that actually means. So it leaves me going, great. I want to rule wisely. I want to live in the image God created me and how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are doing it. That's wonderful. That's, you know, <laughs> that's asking the questions that the Bible is asking and mm. like double clicking on that and saying, cool, like let's, let's dive in. And so I, um, those are beautiful questions. So let's let's read the story of Adam and Eve. Great. Um, 
uh it's genesis 2 we'll jump to um let's see if we start um god plants a garden in the east in eden he puts uh adam there makes the trees grow i'm in verse eight um every, lots of beautiful trees pleasing for the eye good for food um and in oh and so in the middle of the garden was the tree of life mm-hmm. and the tree of knowing good and evil or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um this tree both of these trees are a bit of a mystery right like yeah. they're pretty fantastic um the tree of life um God says you eat of it and you have eternal life. It's kind of consuming God's own life. Um, and, and it allows you to um, live in, in communion with God um, forever. Uh, the tree of knowing good and evil. Um, what I really want to do is pay attention to this tree because this um, this tree I always kind of misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this tree kind of feels... Um, well, it feels like a poisonous tree. Like we learned that if, uh, God says, if you eat of it, yeah. you're going to die. Right. In fact, let's just read that. God commanded the man is verse 16. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowing good and evil for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. It's this, it feels like this horrible poisonous tree, but God puts it in the middle of the garden. <laughs> like what the heck? Like, why not put it on the, like, <laughs> put it on the side somewhere and like hide it. Surrounded by barbed wire. Yeah, exactly. It's like right in the middle, right by the tree of life. Every time you go to the tree of life, there it is. Right. Mm -hmm. This, the tree of knowing good and and bad. Um, Oh, well, I just call the tree knowing good and bad. Uh, In Hebrew, the words are tov and ra. Tov is good. Ra is, it can be translated evil, but actually more normally ra is just bad. It's the opposite of good. Mm -hmm. And so bad can be evil. But bad could just be bad. Bad could be like stubbing your toe. Mm-hmm. Bad could be like, you know, um, the bad rock that you you can't make a statue out of. Mm-hmm. So it's knowing good from bad. Um, what this tree kind of is, is it's a tree that helps you understand. It's a tree of understanding. It's the tree of knowing between something um, beautiful and something destructive. Something that leads to life, something that leads to death. And when you think of the tree that way, I don't know. You, you guys tell me like, this has always been a puzzle for me. Like, why would, why would God not want us to eat of the tree, this tree, this fruit? Well, well, I mean, it, fe- it feels like a contradiction to what, you know, we, we just read in Proverbs, which is, you know, seek out wisdom and understanding, seek out the ability to discern between these things. And yet God says, don't eat the tree that's going to give you discernment between yeah. these two things. Right. Yeah. So, so like th- that, that feels on the surface, you know, like a contradiction, but, but you can also see it as, you know, you know, it is, and we all feel this, um, this, this need to have to discern between good and bad, right and wrong, what's going to lead to flourishing, what's not, it, it, it is a massive burden upon the human existence, mm. Right. Um, yeah. And so, so perhaps part of what is being said here is like, this is a burden that's ultimately um, a divine one on God's capable mm. shoulders. Yeah. And I, you know, like if I, if this burden then goes onto humanity, it's going to crush yeah. you. 
and yeah. and, and I and I feel the crushing weight of that burden of mm. having to just even discerning what to have for lunch can feel <laughs> yeah. oppressive. And then yeah. I'm like dealing with massive moral issues or trying to help my yeah. teenager figure out these complexities of life as a 17 year old. Like it's like this this is a lot. This is a lot. Yeah. That yep. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've never thought and I've never asked myself, like, why? Why would God say I just took this story for what it was? Yeah, I I can see where like as a mom, when my kids were little being like, that's just not your job. Like, you don't have Mm. to like, you can just trust me and I will. You don't have to worry about like the good and the bad and the wrong. But um, I don't I don't know. (laughs) That's really that's really I love that you took it there, Rachel, and both of you guys. But going back to being a child. Mm -hmm. Um, actually this phrase in Hebrew, knowing good from bad is an idiom often to describe children, um, in Deuteronomy one. Um, so, you know, famously the, the story of Israel wandering through the wilderness, they, um, they're meant to go to the promised land Mm -hmm. and they, uh, they rebel in a number of ways, but the biggest way is they, um, they, they, after sending spies out to check it out, they come back and they're like, yep, no, we're not going to go. And God is just like, okay, you guys don't get to go, but your children get to go. Mm-hmm. And when this is described in Genesis one, um, the children are described as the ones who don't know good from bad. And this idiom kind of makes sense, right? It's about this kind of like youthful or childish immaturity of just like, I just don't yet, I haven't encountered enough of the world. I, I, I don't have the experience or as you said, Rachel, like, this is just not my, it's, it's not on me. Like, um, I'll let the adults do that. Um, and so you kind of get this picture of Adam and Eve, like this youthful humanity Mm -hmm. who don't, don't have this wisdom yet. Um, and God telling them like, you can eat of this tree and you can have it, but you, you take it and you, and you'll die, mm-hmm. which goes back to kind of what you were saying, Matt, like that's a heavy burden that we're going to screw up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, here we are mm-hmm. first few pages of the Bible. And it's almost like we got this little riddle in front of us that we're meant to just go, what is that about? Like, okay. then how am I supposed to know good from bad? How mm-hmm. how am I supposed to get that? How am I supposed to get wisdom? Um, and why is it such a bad thing to take it? Why is it when Eve sees it, you know, if we read on into Genesis 3, Eve will go, you know, that fruit will make me wise. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Mm-hmm. Why was that so destructive? Um, this having a desire to take wisdom kind of on our own terms. Um, so... The Bible as meditation literature, it kind of just puts these riddles in front of you and it doesn't answer them right away. It just kind of asks you, let's like, just keep reading. Like, let's just keep reading and rereading and let's like, just keep asking these questions and exploring uh, these ideas. Um, and so where I think we can go next is actually a passage that when you get to, um, it's going to speak back to this in this really cool way that for me just was like, whoa, how, <laughs> how beautiful is this? Um, how this is working as meditation literature. And that's the famous story of Solomon. Um, uh, God asked Solomon or says to Solomon, hey, you can mm-hmm. have anything you want. 
And you guys remember, you've probably heard mm-hmm. this story as yeah. in Sunday school or many times. What does Solomon ask for? Wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a trick question. Isn't it? <laughs> is it wisdom or is it discernment? I don't know. Well, let's read it. Yeah. It's in First Kings three. <clears throat> um, we'll start in. Start in verse six. Well, in verse five is where he says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. You could have anything. And um, Solomon said, you've grown, this is verse six, you've shown great ser- kindness to your servant, my father, David. He was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. And you have continued this great kindness to him and you've given him a son. He's talking about himself in third person. You've given, you've given him a son, <laughs> that it's me, to sit on this throne this very day. I am king. And you have blessed us now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in the place of my father, but I am only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. That's fascinating. Here's this Mm -hmm. king. He's king and Mm -hmm. he is identifying as a child Mm -hmm. and he's saying, I don't know how to carry out my duties. And what's his duties? Um, Well, let's keep reading. Your servant here, well, I guess we can know for sure. He's a king. He's supposed to rule, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's supposed to rule and do good. Your servant here is among the people you have chosen, a great people. He's talking about Israel. Too numerous to count. Numerous, abundant people. They've multiplied. They subdued the earth. So give your servant a discerning heart. So you're right, Rachel. Discernment. A discerning heart. Um to govern your people and distinguish between right oh, and wrong. Yep. He wants the ability to, yes, he wants understanding. And you know, and you got it right away, but this is actually, it'll pop even more in Hebrew because what he asked for is distinguish between tov and ra. And ra. Yeah. Oh, wow. Those are the words there. And yeah. then we, in our translations often say right and wrong, but that could easily be good and bad or good and evil. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. And he's well, doing this so he can govern the great people, so he can rule. Yeah. What, what's interesting, John, is that what, I, what I'm seeing, and, and maybe this is where you're going, is Solomon is putting himself back kind of in a right position in relation to wisdom. Yeah. So whereas, whereas Adam and Eve went and grabbed it for themselves apart from God, Solomon is asking for it from God. Um, as a r- rather than going and grabbing it for himself, he's saying, "I don't have it, and I can't possess it on my own. Um, mm. If I'm going to do, if I am going to live rightly, discern correctly, it has to come from you. I can't grab it from the tree myself. It has to come from you because I know that I'm a child, and I can't, I can't be your representative as king and yeah. rule effectively apart from you. So it yeah. has to come from you. So he's kind of like reordering." the the relationship in a, in a sense that that Adam and Eve disordered by going around God is that am I onto anything there or no? You totally totally <laughs> right Ooh, is that good. and huh. it's so it's so crazy like um he's asking for the fruit of the tree of knowing good and bad right of knowing right mm-hmm. and wrong he's asking for it but like you just said Matt like he's doing it in the right way instead mm-hmm. of going and just taking it. He's going to God and saying, will you give it to me? Mm-hmm. And so now you have these two pictures of Adam and Eve being told by God, don't eat of that tree. 
But what you don't have in the story of Adam and Eve is you don't have God saying, but come to me, trust me, I will give mm-hmm. it to you. Mm-hmm. That part of the story is kind of like in the subtext, like you don't, but then you get here and you see Solomon saying, okay, I'm not supposed to take it. I'm a child. Can can you give it to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, yeah. can I have it from you? Yeah. And huh. what? So, and so, then what does God say in response? Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, so it's this recognition like that Adam and Eve maybe should have had that, well, if I have you, God, I have this, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if yeah. I if I have you, I have this. You will um, and, teach and, me. And, and that's exactly right. You're right. Yeah. Where, whereas whereas Adam and Eve were like, well, I, I you're keeping me from this, God. Mm. And that's the lie of the of the, of the serpent. God doesn't yes. want you to discern. Yes. He doesn't want you to be wise. Where yeah. in reality is like, no, you you possess the tree. It's in the garden with you, and you're with God, and you've got this. If you've got God, you've got all the things that you need: wisdom, <laughs> discerning, and understanding. Yes. Mm. And and God responds to Solomon. He's like. I'm so, so glad you asked for this. Yeah. Yeah. He mm. says he's pleased. He's pleased. Yeah. And you can just imagine Adam and Eve like coming to God and be like, well, can you give it to me? And he'd be just like, yes, yes, <laughs> I want to give it to you. I'm so yeah. pleased. And I'm going to give it to you in abundance, like so much abundance. And you're going to be so wise. Um, mm. Yeah. So what we did is, um, is how meditation literature works is these stories through keywords key imagery kind of start to talk to each other, right? You begin to be like, hmm. why is Solomon talking about being a child? And he's using the words right and wrong, tov and ra from the garden. Um, he is supposed to rule. And that was what Adam and Eve. And so all of these kind of key ideas clustered together, when that happens, what the Bible's asking of us is to compare these stories together so that the, and meditate on them. And then through doing that, we're going to gain insight and wisdom. And what's the wisdom that we gained? It's this understanding more of like, how will I, how do I become a, a wise person? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how we came to that is through these narratives and it's actually shaping us mm-hmm. more as it kind of settles deeper into our spirits. And I, I don't know, I'll ask you, Rachel, like you just said, like, I don't know what the fear of the Lord means. I don't know if I know how I would explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say Adam and Eve, they didn't show the fear of the Lord, but Solomon here did. Yeah. What, like, what, yeah, how would you describe what the fear of the Lord is? I guess I would, again, I try and think how would I explain it to my kids, right? I would say yeah. they that Solomon understood God's place versus his position, whereas it seems Adam and Eve didn't like, well, I I don't need God. I can bypass it. So uh, I would say here, it shows me it's an understanding of like, I don't know, like a respect and uh, like a solemn understanding that like, no, God is here and I am here. Um, Yeah. And I would start, I would start with that. Yeah. It kind of starts with understanding who God is and who we are Mm -hmm. in relationship to God. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's almost this posture of humility, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. um it's I, I know I'm a kid. I know I'm mm. a kid and yeah. you are the king and uh I'm a, I am i am in need of your of your leadership and and care over my life or else I'm 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 lost. Um mm-hmm. unless you enlighten me, I'm lost. It's kind of like yeah. that recognition, right? Well, and I guess yeah. it makes me think of of need. Like it it makes me be honest with what my need is, right? 
Hmm. So if I'm, if I'm living this out, I would imagine it's like going first to God for what I need and understanding, like, I can't give myself grace. It has to come from God. I can't give myself forgiveness or understanding or any of that within myself. It's so beautiful. It's this, the fear of the Lord is, and it's an inclination to go to God first. Yeah. But that's so counterintuitive because the word fear of the Lord makes you feel like, oh, I should be kind of like, I need to protect myself. Like, from like it's reverence yeah. and I need to hold yeah. back and I need to. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually the fear of the Lord is a fear that if I do this without God, I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> oh, there you go. That'll, that's great. Right? <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's the fear of the Lord. That's right. Oh, wow. That's great. Yep. So, so um, that's, I guess that's just the little tour of a few passages to talk about wisdom, talk about meditation literature. Um, we could go to Jesus. We could talk about how he sees himself as the tree of life. Um, he wants us to be in union with the father, like he's in union with the father and to be able to then obey the commands. And what you said, Matt, earlier, how, how does this help us love? Because all of the commands Jesus famously says, all of them can be boiled down to this right. one thing, loving God and loving others. And it's right. funny that he calls that one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Loving yeah. God and loving others. It's all yeah. boiled down to that one thing, two sides mm -hmm. of the coin. When you love God, you love others and loving others is loving God. And somehow all of the laws, all of the story, all of this wisdom is meant to bring us to that place. And so we could just meditate on that more too. We don't have yeah. time, but it's <laughs> wonderful. Can I ask you a practical question? Sure. So um, we just went on this journey together, right? And yeah. Matt's a pastor and you do this for a living. So let's say I'm like, that was great. I want to be somebody who lets the Bible ask questions and meditate. And mm -hmm. I go and I sit down with my Bible and I'm like, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I don't know. Like you told us where to look and we looked at First Kings and we uh, looked yeah. and I was just like, for me, it feels very like, I, I know, I know in my head that like scripture is for me, that I, I don't have to have a theology degree. But again, I sit down and I'm like, I don't. So do you have any practical, like, like what, what would you say to somebody who's like, yes, I want to meditate on scripture? Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the million dollar <laughs> question. <laughs> right. Actually, we're trying to, I mean, we're trying to solve, um, there are, um, there are three skills that we think are really important. Um, and um, they're, they're not unattainable. Mm -hmm. um, and one of what we were doing is we just call it a pattern skill, which is just pay attention to when words are repeated. Pay attention to when like collections of words are repeated. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, uh, and kind of trace kind of these patterns through through collections of words and synonyms and that's kind of what we do in what we call our theme videos is mm -hmm. is as a theme is always triggered um by a collection of words and its synonyms like wisdom and understanding and then you realize oh the tree of no good and bad is important and then so you just start paying attention and you kind of have this collection of words that you know like when i find this word when i find the word understanding mm -hmm. or when I see good and bad together, like it's, it's, it's riffing on this thing. Mm -hmm. So the pattern skill. Um, and then another skill that's kind of, I think, important um, 
it's just to understand what style of literature you're reading. Um, reading a narrative uh, is different than reading sure. poetry, which is different than reading like a New Testament letter. Like they're different mm-hmm. types of literature. And we actually have a series of videos on like kind of just the basics of how to approach those different genres of literature within the Bible. Um, and, uh, um, but I think, I think the main thing is just to do it, to do it in community and to mm-hmm. let the questions that you get, um, I'm a very curious person and I always would get frustrated with the Bible because it, I felt like I just would always get more confused. And when I started <laughs> to reframe my confusion to less of like, I'm doing it wrong and more to like, uh, this is a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. supposed to get a little flustered and a little confused. And so I'm going to take that question and I want to crystallize that question. Like what's confusing me and why? Yeah. And then say, you know, we have the spirit of God in us. Ask God, like, as I continue to read, like help this thing become more and more understanding, uh, understandable mm-hmm. to me. Um, and then there's also just the case that we're going to have um, Bible nerds in our communities. So mm-hmm. those are the kind of people and they might be our pastors. They might be just a friend who's going to seminary. Um, just like grab them and just ask your questions and like, let's read this together. And so, so use um, the resources, use your community. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think there's this idea sometimes of like, if I'm going to meditate on scripture, it's me alone in my room late oh, at night. Oh, yes. Instead yes. of like, no, do it in community. Do it. Do it use in community. Resources yes. use. Okay. No, that's yeah. Great. Do it in community. Um, mm-hmm. You will do it on your own. That's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing, but it, it, it's kind of a more modern Protestant thing to, to, right. to kind of make that the main thing sure. where the main thing in the Bible was always, you know, they read these letters in community. They read out loud the Torah in community. Um, it was a very communal activity. Yeah. Um, and so that means your community, like a church community, that means a community of, of the, the, the people who have come before us and have written mm-hmm. things. It means, you know, you can treat Bible project like an extension of your community. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, uh, J- John. I, I love the freedom that you give give us to to not to not approach the scriptures necessarily as saying, "Look, I've got this specific question, and I need to walk away with a, a very specific answer to it." But instead, to let the questions that we receive from from reading and wrestling be part of this kind of formation that we experience, mm-hmm. just by by approaching it, and we're left with more questions to wrestle with. But mm-hmm. but by continuing to wrestle with those and chew on those. Realizing that 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 process is forming us and and shaping us and and it's not the answers that we need, but really kind of the wrestling with scripture mm. that we need, right? Is that that's kind of what I hear you saying? That's a great way to put it. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was a good summary. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, John, this has been this has been awesome. I, I feel like we need to all like schedule right now when to have you back to do more I know, of this gosh, because thank this you has been so great. much. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. Absolutely, thank you. Hey friends, it's Matt. If you enjoy Make It Simple, I invite you to give a one-time gift or to become a regular recurring supporter of the show. It's your gifts that put and keep Make It Simple going and make it possible for us to do even more. To partner with us, just head to mattpopovitz.com. That's M-A-T-T-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S dot com and choose give. And as a thank you, we'll send you a copy of my first book, Tough Call as a Gift. Help us keep making it simple. Head to mattpopovitz.com and choose give. So Rachel, I, I had no idea we were going to have a Bible study with John Collins of the Bible Project, but I but I think that's what just happened. I think that's what we did. 
Well, and how lovely was that, that like we got to go on that journey. Our listeners got to go on that journey and just sit with somebody who, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. Like he, he this does. is what he does. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's so delightful. It was. And, you know, I, I, I found myself kind of processing two streams at the same time, mm-hmm. like, like wrestling with the journey he was taking us on, bouncing around the scriptures and studying it, but then also the things we were learning. So I, I found myself taking notes on the, the journey mm-hmm. of that conversation and then also the insights from that conversation. Because I think both are helpful for me and then also for our listeners, like yeah. the experience of studying the scriptures, that's instructive of how we can approach it. But then also we... We we wrestled with some important questions, and we we yeah. came to we came to understanding on a couple of things, and it's the things we learned. I think were really helpful. Well, yeah. Instead of just showing up and saying like, "Here's how you study scripture," he just showed us. Like we just went through yeah. it together, and I personally learned a lot. Um, I think what I liked. So if we talk about the process overall, this idea, first of all, of like, I mean, I really do. I've treated it like I have my Bible study life. And then I have my community life and yeah. like, no, like I should wrestle with and and get into scripture and meditate on scripture in community and with resources yeah. and how it just like that, that turned on, I don't know, I might be the only person, but like turned on this light switch of like, oh, this is not just about me sitting alone doing solitary work. It's mm-hmm. also letting the scriptures inform my life in community. That was just really helpful for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. a good reminder that, you know, um, studying the scriptures in isolation or Mm -hmm. studying the scriptures as a kind of segment of your life that doesn't touch any other parts of your life is a, is a kind of a new and modern idea. You know, the the scriptures are something that's meant to be wrestled with as -hmm. you go throughout your day, uh, as you live your whole life. I mean, you know, Deuteronomy chapter six says, you know, as you're living life with your kids, wrestle with these truths with them that that there is one god wrestle yeah. with that truth throughout your day so so he he was it, it was great to get that reminder from him yeah. yeah i also liked i liked specifically what he said about look for patterns i was like oh that sounds like a really fun yeah. way to like look in scripture and do cross references and like look for patterns to let it cuz that really happened in this like seeing this word show up later i was just like oh wow like i wouldn't have caught that context and so that was really cool yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there, there were a number of things uh, about the process itself that I thought were really helpful. But but I I, I appreciate his insight that very often we we come to the Bible with our own questions, which yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing. Sure. Um. You know, we, we are. We're, I think we're, we're we're supposed to bring our needs, our wants, our questions to God, and we we come to Him through the Scriptures, right? But. It's also helpful, if not even more important, to look for the questions that the Bible is inviting me to ask and the questions that the scriptures say over and over again are vital to to our flourishing and our faithfulness as creatures in God's kingdom. I thought that was a really, really good reminder. I, and, and, and to see spiritual growth and maturity as saying to yourself, I want to ask the questions that God invites me to ask because those yeah. undeniably will be more important. I thought that was a really good, really good insight. So, you know, we talked about the process a little bit. What about, so what did you learn about wisdom and understanding? Well, you you know, Uh, there there were a couple kind of aha moments. I thought it was really cool when, when John took us from Genesis in the garden of Eden and Adam and Eve's uh, um, 
choosing to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and over to King Solomon asking for discernment, asking for wisdom, and seeing how Solomon was really replaying that encounter in the garden, but but doing it, you know, you could say kind of in the right way. Things were reordered. He didn't go mm-hmm. around God, but instead said, look, I, I recognize that I can't be a good image bearer, and I can't be faithful in ruling in your world apart from you. So will you, God, give me wisdom? And how that was a... Um, a replaying of the the mm-hmm. Garden of Eden incident, and and um, and how that could be instructive for us as we pursue wisdom. It's foolish to try and go and be wise apart from God. So yeah. let us recognize that I can't truly be wise without first humbly knowing that I'm a kid in mm-hmm. need of my Father, my King, to lead me, guide me, and instruct me. I thought that was great. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Like, I'm going to steal that and use it in a sermon. <laughs> you know, and that's what it, that's what he wants you to do. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I really enjoyed, like, like I grew up in a Christian tradition. I know these Bible stories. Like, I, like, head know it. I've heard them and everything. I've never stopped and asked myself, like, why not? Why can't we eat of the garden of good and evil or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because that seems good. And to to start with the foundation of, well, I know God is good. So let's throw out this idea that he was trying to keep us from something or uh, withhold something for us. So what would a good, like a good loving reason be to not eat of that tree? And then to, to, to really consider that of like, oh, it's for my good. So that I I just, that idea of like, so that I don't have to carry that burden. I can be the child. I can trust him. Um, And then what that looked like when God was a part of the story. And when he wasn't, that was, Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. It, you know this now. This 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 insight you know, that 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 I had kind of afresh and anew in this conversation with John that in in the Garden of Eden, God is not trying to keep Adam and Eve from a knowledge of good mm-hmm. and evil. He's keeping them from pursuing it and devouring it apart from Him, and yeah. that's that's the part that that you know, quote unquote, to use the the language of the scriptures, that's the part that leads to death. To try and to try and live a wise, discerning life apart from God, that will ultimately get you nowhere, and it puts a burden on your own life that you simply can't bear. And that's what God's protecting him. He doesn't. It's not that he doesn't want you to know things. That was the lie of the devil. Of course, he wants you to know mm-hmm. things. He just wants you to know that you need him as yeah. you know things in order to truly understand things. Uh, just, just really, really, you know, profound reminders mm-hmm. in this conversation. With John, yeah. really, really good stuff, and it makes me, you know, it, it makes me want to just keep diving in. I mean, I read the scriptures yeah. every single morning, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it, it renews a desire for me to look for patterns, you know, yeah. gain these insights and and um, and wrestle with wrestle with the scriptures. So it was it was really good, really good conversation. Yeah. Well, so that since this episode was kind of about two things, it was the process of studying scripture. And then we actually studied scripture. Let's yeah. both do two, make it simple. So like, okay. um, right. I mean, I'm happy. I'll go first, I guess. Yeah, please. Do, please. Um, so like my make it simple for the the process and everything is just be curious. Um, because like I said, I'd never stopped and asked myself why, like I, I didn't stop and double click on anything as I, and so often I do that. But to stop and just be curious and and let yourself wonder and ask those questions and then see where it takes you or be okay with being confused. Mm. Um, that really, that was my make it simple for the process. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so what for, about you? For, for me, my make it simple for the process is that um, 
we, we shouldn't merely bring our questions to the Bible, but we should come to the Bible looking for the questions that it is asking and it's yeah. inviting us to wrestle with. Great insight on how to study the scriptures faithfully. Great insight. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Rachel, what about you? What's your make it simple uh, takeaway from the study that we did about mm-hmm. wisdom and understanding? So I really am sitting with this idea of understanding being knowing the difference between what is good and what is bad. And I love the example of the rock. So like an artist looks at a rock and it just, it just is the rock just is, but one is good for, I don't know. What do you do with a rock chiseling? Yeah. Creating. And then one would crumble. And so being able to, you know, we use that discern that word discern, but just to know what's good. And what's, what's bad and you looking mm-hmm. at it as bad instead of evil. Cause evil is like, Oh, I definitely want to avoid evil, but I don't right. often avoid bad. Like there's a lot of times where I'm like, no, nah, I'll choose bad. No big deal. But knowing the difference and being able to choose what mm-hmm. is good so that I can live an effective, beautiful yeah. life. I just, yeah. I loved that. And I really, I'm going to sit with that today and what mm-hmm. that looks like, uh, practically. Yes. Yeah. So, so less of an insight on good and bad as kind of a like a moral distinction, which is important, right. but but kind of more on uh, a slightly more nuanced understanding about good and bad and in, in terms of like integrity, like what yeah. what's the choice that's going to be able to 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 lead me towards flourishing? I like that word towards flourishing yeah. as, a, as a human being, or even yeah. which one of these would be better for me? So yeah, instead yeah, of like yeah. which one of these would be lesser and which one would be better, and using that as like a guidepost. I don't think anybody out there is like, I don't want to live a a wise life, but then it's like, what does that really look like? But so to say like, no, you know, there's good in choosing the things that are better for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I want to sit with that, what that means spiritually and practically. So. Yeah. 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 I think it's great. What about you? So so my make it simple takeaway from our study of wisdom is um, when we brought things full circle about what is, you know, the fear of the Lord, which the scriptures say is the mm-hmm. beginning of wisdom. And, and the fear of the Lord being uh, a humility before the Lord, recognizing your need for him and approaching life that way, that that's the beginning mm-hmm. of wisdom, recognizing I'm a child, he's the father, I'm a member of the kingdom, he's the king. And uh, I should fear not to fear the Lord is not necessarily to fear him, but to fear what life is apart from this loving and gracious and good king. Like that's the yeah. beginning of wisdom. I fear life apart from you uh, more than I more than I fear life with you because you are good and you're kind yeah. and and you have the path towards uh, towards the life that I that I'm called to live and I want to live. I thought that was a great great insight. Great insight. So, Absolutely. All good stuff, and, and and we would love to hear from you. What did you appreciate about our conversation with John Collins about studying the scriptures and the study of, of wisdom and understanding that we did? Head over to our Instagram, at M Popovitz, at M-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S. You'll see the post about today's episode, and leave a comment. Give it a like, and leave a comment. Let us know what you thought, what your takeaways were. Well, Rachel, this was great, and uh, I, I'm gonna. I, I need to go do some, you know, Bible study question wrestling now because I'm just yeah. like completely, completely oh, uh, empowered to do so. Um, and I hope I'm we get go... to have John on the on the show again. Oh, me too. And I was yeah. gonna say I'm gonna go download their app because I happen to know they have a new Bible project app that's incredibly that's right, useful. Yeah. And I'm just gonna go down that rabbit hole for a while. Yeah. So please, listeners, go to BibleProject.com or search Bible Project on Google. Go to YouTube, Mm -hmm. Bible Project. You can't miss it. It's everywhere (laughs) and it is well worth your time. All right, Rachel, let's do it again. Let's do it. Thanks for helping us make it simple. 
The show is produced by MPM. Our editor is Marsha Lambeth. Artwork for the show was designed by Brenton Little. Do you have a topic you'd like us to tackle or an expert you'd like us to chat with? Send your ideas to info at mattpopovitz.com. That's info at M-A-T-T-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S dot com. And if you'd like more information about Make It Simple or MPM, just head to mattpopovitz.com.